All right, here we go. It is that betting show on 610 Sports Radio, the only live and local sports betting show in Kansas City. I got Julio Sanchez producing the show tonight. As always, we're on for one hour. Then we hand things off to the Chris Kleiman show, K-State coaches show, getting you set. Obviously, K-State off to a fantastic start in their college football season. So that's coming up right after us. But Thursday night football, about 15 minutes or so away from kickoff. You guys know how we do this show by now. So we'll talk a little Thursday night football. We'll get into the Chiefs and the Bills. The game of the season on Sunday. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes underdogs at home for the first time in his 41 starts at home. That, of course, is significant for this one. How did we see the line movement go? What was it before the Monday night football game? What happened Monday night, of course, and how that's impacted the line for this game? So that's something we'll get into. Ben Heisler from BetSided.com going to join me coming up around 730 or so. We will get into Everything with Heist. We'll talk about the Chiefs and Bills. We'll talk about some of his other favorite games in the NFL. We'll briefly touch on Major League Baseball postseason. Of course, the AL and the NLDS underway in college football. Really strong college football slate. Not just locally. Everybody keeping an eye on uh, KU and Oklahoma, where the Jayhawks are nine-point underdogs in Norman, despite what happened to the Sooners, not just last week in embarrassing fashion to Texas, but what has really happened over the last couple of weeks. And for that matter, really this entire season for Oklahoma. And then there's Michigan, Michigan and Penn State. Can't wait for that game. And of course, we'll end the show with my Goldilocks. Continuing strong in college football, another three and one weekend. We're nine and three the last three weeks. We're 16 and 11 overall. Time to time to get back on track on the NFL, though. Rough go for us last week in the NFL. We're now just 11 and nine overall against the spread with our NFL pick. Sean Barber, of course, also, as he just wrapped up his players only show, he always write. There's a whiteboard in here, guys, and there's always a parlay left behind from Sean Barber. He's got his Thursday night Barber NFL parlay. He's lucky I haven't mentioned his parlay the last couple weeks. He's lucky I haven't mentioned it. You guys can guess why. I'll go ahead and give him love on this one. Although he and I continue to be on complete opposite ends typically when it comes to the money line. So he's got Chicago on the money line. Looks like he's got a little Curtis Samuels touched anytime touchdown prop going. We'll see how he keeps building this thing out. Darnell Mooney looks like he's going with a little uh, anytime touchdown or yep. No, he's going to go over on the, uh, on the receiving yards, 42 and a half. So I'll let you guys know what the parlay ends up looking like, but let's start with Thursday night football. Let's start with that because there has been some line movement, even in the last, I don't know, half hour. Or so. So Washington pretty much after opening as one and a half point underdogs for this game. That's where the line opened up at on Sunday heading into this game against Chicago. We saw line movement to where Washington has been pretty steady as one point favorites after moving to pick them and one point favorites. And then here recently, right before kickoff, and this happens a lot of times now, Washington, at least on FanDuel is up to one and a half point favorites as someone that has Washington minus one. Uh, obviously, I, li- I like seeing some of that line movement and getting good closing line value. It's essentially the Wapikum football game tonight. The total for the game, 38 and a half. It was as low as 37 and a half. Are we in for another clunker here on Thursday night football? That- that's what everybody's been talking about in the betting circles for this game. We all know last Thursday night, it was a 12 to nine football game. There's plenty of drama late, though. Game goes into overtime. And once again, it was Russell Wilson in primetime allowing us in Kansas City to all have a good laugh or two. And I guess we'll get a chance uh, at that on Monday night with Russell Wilson taking on the L.A. Chargers. But tonight, 
I actually think this is one, and Julio will look at me and be like, hey, man, last week you said you said to stay away from the total. You told us stay away from the total. If you're going to bet the under, that's fine. And, of course, it went way under. Uh, tonight, this is another one where the trends and looking at these two teams, you would think to go to the under. I actually do have an official play on this one. Now, this is not part of the Goldilocks, but I actually do like the over in tonight's game. You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think both Justin Fields and Carson Wentz will actually be able to move the football tonight. Both these defenses have injuries and some concerns on both ends of of their their defenses, in particular the secondary for the Washington Commanders. So I'm on Washington minus one tonight. I'm on the over 37 and a half. But here's where, where the, the trends are for this game. So the Commanders game opened at 40 and a half. Like I said, sits between 37 and a half, 38 and a half, depending on what book you're looking at. If the over-under closed at 37 or a half or less, and it doesn't look like it's going to, it would be the lowest total for a Thursday night football game since 2018. That was a Jags-Titans AFC South showdown that closed at 36 and a half. The final score in that game was 30 to nine. So it actually did go over that total, 30 to nine, back in 2018. Of course, those trends from our friends over at the Action Network. As far as the Chicago Bears and the Carson and Carson Wentz over on the Washington Commander side. So the Bears are with Justin Fields, 0-4 straight up, 1-3 against the spread in primetime games. And if he loses tonight against the spread, and really again is losing this game based off of the number you got of that. He would be the least profitable Bears quarterback against the spread in primetime over the past 20 years. There were some good signs in the second half of the Bears' loss to Minnesota, of course, right? There was, there was some reasons to like what you saw. It was the best half of football that Justin Fields has had. Did that give him, and more importantly, did that give the play callers enough confidence though, to let him sling it around? The, the total for his yardage tonight to throw the ball is in the 160s. You're like, you're like, that's embarrassing for an NFL quarterback. It was lower than that a couple weeks ago. His total passing yard prop just three weeks ago was 147 yards. Now, he went over it in that game. We're talking about an NFL starting quarterback. I'm working at yardage props. If you give me any quarterback that's going to have a yardage prop in the 140s, I'm going to take the over every single time. But tonight, it's around 167 or so for Justin Fields. Neither of these teams are, are someone that I would hammer by any means. If we're talking about bets, I would do whatever your normal bet size is for tonight's game, whatever side you're on. Like I said, I'm on Washington here. After all, these are two teams that are desperately in need of a win. You got Ron Rivera, who I think is on the hot seat in Washington. They could fall to one and four with a loss tonight. And if you're taking a look at the commanders and the comments from their head coach, Ron Rivera earlier this week, calling out his quarterback. I know he apologized. He owned it, but calling out his quarterback and then you got on the other side, a team that is in major rebuild mode that doesn't trust their quarterback. That's why you see the total sitting at where it is for this game. But Carson Wentz, despite how easy it is to poke fun at him, his numbers, if you just take a look at his numbers, so that you play fantasy football, I'll certainly see it. He actually has pretty good numbers so far this season. It's just in those crucial moments, you trust him. Last week against Tennessee, we saw a goal line opportunity, a chance to go and take the lead, win the game against the Tennessee Titans, and he throws that pick, and it costs his team the game. And then you take a look at their running back situation. This is why I like Washington tonight. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. They get Brian Robinson back. Great story in terms of him being able to come back. Obviously, terrible events that have caused this. Shot in the offseason. It's amazing that he's been able to, to recover already. He played a little bit last week. I think they're going to rely on him more. It's why... 
my favorite prop bet for tonight's game with Washington in Chicago is actually Brian Robinson to score a touchdown and go over 59 and a half rushing yards. That's a boost over at uh, Caesars, by the way. For those of you that if you use Caesars and you're trying to shop around for boosts, over 59 and a half rushing yards and a touchdown tonight, they give that boosted up to 420. Plus 420, it's boosted up. So maybe a small little sprinkle on something like that. So Thursday night football, we'll keep an eye on that. As you guys know, we always, we always do that. I did want to point out something, as I mentioned, the clunker from last week on Thursday night, 12 to 9. There was an unbelievable story, though, of someone that played daily fantasy over on DraftKings. And some of you may have seen this. Those of you that are part of our betting show Discord for KC area bettors may have seen this. And again, if you want to join that, just hit me up on Twitter at Alex Gold or on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. Completely free to join. Just got a great community of people hanging out, talking betting, helping each other out a little bit. So there was a guy on DraftKings in his daily fantasy lineup. He loaded up his lineup with both kickers and both defenses from last Thursday night. Normally you're like, what are, what are you, what are you doing? But this guy was smart. He was thinking about last week and the total where it's at. Thought it was gonna be a low scoring game. I think he also had Cortland Sutton in his lineup. So he did still have a receiver that had a nice game statistically at least, but he loaded up on defenses and kickers for both teams. Of course, we all know, I just told you the final score is all about field goals in that game. And you up winning a million bucks. Now, I would imagine tonight you're going to have a lot of people that are just going to try to replicate that. Right? Here's another game, low total. I, I promise you, I don't even have to look. I promise you, because of that last week, I don't know how many lineups included two kickers and two defenses last week in DraftKings' million-dollar contest. I, whatever it is, times it by 100 as far as the entries. Because if you play Daily Fantasy, you're aware of the story. And people are going to say, well, it sets up like another game that I could see a bunch of field goals. And I told you, I, I think we'll actually have more points. But there will be plenty of lineups tonight, I think, that will now have two defenses, both kickers. And then the question is, do you pick the right two, you know, two other skill players, right? Do you pick Brian Robinson if maybe he's the guy that has at least a lot of yards tonight? Or do you, do you still go with Fields and hope he gets you a bunch of rushing yards, if, even if you're not? Or is he the one quarterback that gets a touchdown tonight? But it'll be interesting, it's, but it's a wild story that somebody won a million bucks off of two defenses and two kickers in their daily fantasy lineup on Thursday night football. Again, don't recommend that normally, but props to that guy. That was a heck of a read and uh, certainly luck involved there. Coming up next, though, we're going to get into the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, home dogs for the first time in his NFL career. That was the longest streak of being a home favorite to begin his career. We'll look at that and for those of you in Kansas, we know it's been legalized now for well over a month. The numbers are in. How much money is the state getting? What was the winnings across the board? We'll get into some of those numbers next here on That Betting Show. Back here on That Betting Show. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday night. Of course, you can hit us up on the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. Also on Twitter, at Alex Golden, at 610 Sports KC. The Goldilocks for the week is still to come here in about 30 minutes or so. Thursday night football just underway. It'll be the Chicago Bears starting on offense to open up this game. And uh, we'll keep an eye on this as always throughout the show. 
look, we'll have uh, you covered for baseball as well. I noticed people last week uh, enjoyed uh, the fact that we, we got to talk a little baseball on the betting front. It's something we hadn't done in the first couple weeks uh, on the regular season in, on, honestly, just because the, the Royals haven't been relevant. So we didn't want to do anything until we got to postseason. We'll talk a little postseason baseball, also college football, with Ben Heisler from fansided, uh, from betsided.com, part of fansided. Uh, and he will join us coming up at 7 30 here on that betting show but I want to look at this Chiefs and Bills game I had mentioned a couple times already so Patrick Mahomes home underdog for the first time in his NFL career which is just wild to think that this is the first time it's happened 41 home starts and when Mahomes is just an underdog to begin with just in general of course those have all come on the road he is 7-0-1 against the spread. So he covers. He covers when he's an underdog. Now, look, he can cover this game on Sunday, and it still means the Chiefs lose, right? And I know Chiefs fans, no, nobody wants that. But from a against the spread, from a covering standpoint, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think, is in a great spot to still be able to do that. You look at this game, and I think these are clearly, we would all agree, the two best teams in the AFC. I think they're the two best teams in the NFL. I understand out in Philadelphia, they're undefeated. And I think they'll stay undefeated with a win on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. But... For me, when you look at the quarterback play, when you look at also how much I trust both these teams uh, as far as being legit, they've gone through it before. I don't have that same trust with some of these other teams that are 4-1, and one, some of these other teams uh, or the team that is undefeated like the Philadelphia Eagles. And for me, Kansas City is a better team than they were the last time they played Buffalo. I know you, you may look at that and like, how's that possible? No Tyreek Hill. I think we found out by now, guys. That while it looks so much different, they're capable of very similar things number-wise and production-wise even without him. Like Even when they were putting up numbers the first three, four weeks of the season, it was, well, what happens when they're down? Can they, can they come back without Tyreek Hill? Well, we found that out on Monday night against the Raiders. Down 17, largest regular season comeback for Mahomes. And they did it with nine different receivers with Jarek McKinnon providing a huge spark on offense. I think they have shown enough now that the concern about can the offense come from behind if they get down, can they put up the numbers needed, to me those have been answered. And I think this defense is better than it was a year ago. They're getting more pressure on quarterbacks than a year ago. Now I think from a wide receiver weapon perspective for Buffalo, do I think their wide receivers Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis now another year under his belt. Do I think that's more impressive than what they had a year ago? Sure. Look, the total for this game is at 53 and a half, 54 and a half for a reason. And I think both these teams are going to score. I don't expect either team to necessarily shut the other down, but is the Chiefs defense better enough that they can get that one stop, that second stop, that all-time classic game that we had in the divisional round. Neither team could stop the other. It was it was an all-timer for a reason, right? We all know the 13-second drive. I want to see the Bills defense who, yet again, they have a team that's a top five offense and a top five defense. They were the same as that a year ago. I want to see this version of the Bills defense that has secondary injuries. I do want to see what they can do against one of the best offenses. You know, last week, look, you take care of business when you should take care of business, and the Bills did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Kenny Pickett's the starter. Injuries all over the place. That play calling and that offense with Matt Canada has been terrible for the last couple of years. I just want to see what that defense does against Kansas City. 
And the Buffalo Bills were preseason favorites. They're favorites now. And I have no problem with them being preseason favorites. They have the best roster in football heading in. I just think Kansas City is maybe further along than we thought. And, and it has to do with the defense, more importantly. So I, I gladly take the Chiefs at plus three. It's down to two and a half in a couple books. Earlier in the week, again, you could have got them at three. And I, I gladly took Kansas City plus three. I love the fact that almost out of principle, right? Like Patrick Mahomes as a home dog. It's never happened. He's the best quarterback in football. Big moments, big time games. I'm not as worried about them stepping up and being lackadaisical and going through the motions in a game like this. It's not the Sunday night game, but it might as well be. It's the late Sunday afternoon window, and it's got the A crew, and the ratings for this thing are going to be absurd. I, I cannot wait for Sunday. The prop bets, uh, we can get those out on the Discord channel this weekend. A lot of the numbers for receiving props aren't out yet at some of the sports books that are legal here in Kansas. I think DraftKings maybe just put theirs up here in the last maybe a uh, couple hours. But I love the Chiefs at, at plus three in this game. Total, I lean over, but honestly, I'm probably going to stay away from the total in this game. The last three games, though, have gone over the total the last three times these teams have faced each other. I'll get Ben Heisler's thoughts on that very total and on the spread coming up in about eight minutes or so. But we're already a month plus in to legalize sports betting in Kansas. And with that, some of the numbers have come out. People had asked about where things are at revenue-wise for Kansas. So Kansas generated a total of nearly $1.3 million and revenue in the first month of legalized sports wagering. And so what does the state get out of that? If you guys followed the legalization and and legislative process, you remember that it was a 10% tax rate and 80% was going to sports wagering, uh, excuse me, to a stadium fund, right, to attract a sports team. And so I had warned people that the numbers were going to be pretty small. And also in the bill, it allows these sportsbook operators to write off promotional or deduct promotional uh, credits, if you will, right? So all those free bets that everybody got when it signed up, they were able to deduct that against some of their revenue. And so that's why we're talking about just $120,000 in new tax revenue for the state. Now that that's, that's the one month, but that is why the number is so low. That is something that will increase as time goes on. Um, but there will be still a lot of new customer acquisition cost and, and promotional costs that these companies are willing to spend for quite some time. Um, look, it's money that the state wasn't getting before, but I know there were some people that were disappointed uh, just as far as uh, residents of, 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 of Kansas, right? Just in general that maybe you don't even bet and they thought this was going to bring more money. That, that's why the number is as low as it is. But also keep in mind, again, a lot of the money is going to go to this fund that I, I personally don't believe will ever really be used to attract a sports team to Kansas. And so likely eventually down the road, that'll be something that just gets added to the general fund or something like that. But some of the more interesting numbers to me were, we know the six sports books that launched back on September 1st. And at some point, a few months from now, I think we'll see a couple more sports books open up in Kansas. Remember we, you, you could have up to uh, 12 skins licenses, not including even the, uh, tribal gaming casinos. So when you look at the breakdown though, by casino, by sports book, I thought it was kind of interesting overall and how that, how that kind of went. So of the total handle 5.6 million in bets were actually placed in the physical sports books. So that would be like at Hollywood casino, barstool, Kansas star casino, fan duel, boot Hill casino out in Dodge city, DraftKings. So that was the breakdown when this was going through the process. Like how many people are going to wager on their phones? We said like 80%. Well, look at the numbers, 5.6 million in person, 
154.9 million placed online via mobile platforms uh, and also Kansas Crossing Casino. That was kind of the, it's, it's a combination of two is how they broke up the, the numbers there. And 70% of all mobile sports betting was from FanDuel and DraftKings. Those are the two biggest players, as we know, across the country in this. DraftKings took 74.2 million in mobile bets. FanDuel took 35 million in bets. And then of the six operators, FanDuel, DraftKings, Barstool, BetMGM, all had no revenue or they lost money. Again, going back to the acquisition costs. And then Caesars, according to the report that came out cleared just under $300,000 and then points bet made about $30,890 or so. So those are just kind of interesting numbers. One month in to legalize sports wagering in Kansas. Coming up next, we get right back into the Chiefs and Bills. Ben Heisler of betsided.com going to give us his breakdown of what he likes in the NFL slate. Also, is there still value on those Cleveland Guardians in the postseason? Next on That Betting Show. Welcome back in. It is That Betting Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Every Thursday night, the only live in local sports betting show. Of course, we'll get to the Goldilocks coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But excited to head out to the 610 Hotline and welcome in Ben Heisler. Benny Heiss from BetSided.com. Of course, you guys are very familiar with uh, Ben Heisler, all the work that he does uh, in the past. And, of course, what he's doing right now. Great stuff over at BetSided.com. Those of you in the uh, the Discord channel probably have seen some of the, the, the picks that he's put out there as well. Heiss, what's up, man? What's going on, Alex? I'm uh, excited about uh, hearing the the Goldilocks of the week. But <laughs> I suppose, I suppose, do you, do you have also the Bears in as part of your Goldilocks? Because you, know, you can't have Goldilocks without the three Bears. That's right. Well, I can tell you this: I definitely am not on the Bears tonight. Definitely, definitely not on the Bears tonight. I know you're a Chicago guy. I don't know if you even how confident you are to take the Bears tonight. I don't have any confidence whatsoever. I, I'll say this about Chicago, and I know that that's what everybody really tuned in for, <laughs> to talk about the Chicago Bears and watching the Commanders game, but um, they've actually been a really good second-half team. Like, they're making adjustments from what they've seen in the first half. You think about what you saw last week on the road against Minnesota. Justin Fields had his best second half of the year. They're taking some downfield shots. They eliminated a, a big portion of the running game. Fields actually finished with a, with a higher passer rating than Kirk Cousins, who completed his first 17 passes. So, for as much lack of talent as Chicago has on the field, I actually they're getting coached up a little bit, which is nice to see. All right, Heiss, let's take a look at Sunday afternoon. It's no doubt the, not only the game of the weekend, but I think it's the game of the year. The Chiefs welcoming in the Buffalo Bills, and it looks like the line, depending on where you're at, two and a half. It's obviously been at three. Let's just start with the spread. And your thoughts on prior to Monday Night Football to now and where this line has gone? Yeah, it, it makes sense as to why sportsbooks hung Buffalo at, at minus one and a half. But I think surprised me the most, Alex, was the immediate move from the Monday Night Football game to three. Now, again, I, I get that there's an aspect of recency bias, but the, the public isn't moving this line a point and a half for the, what's likely going to be the most bet game of NFL Sunday. Like, that's, that's pure sharp money. And so I wanted to get a little bit more perspective on it. So I talked to multiple sportsbook directors to try and get a sense of, like, hey, is this sharp money coming in? Are you guys just protecting yourselves? Um, one book came out to me and directly declared, I wrote about this over at BetSide, and said, yes, this is absolute sharp money coming in in our book. We had to adjust it to make sure that we didn't get completely blown out. And, and the other book said, we haven't gotten the sharp money yet. We just know it's coming. So we're going to go ahead and take a position here, knowing that if we don't, there's a chance it could be a bloodbath for us. So there is sharp money 
on Buffalo, regardless of all the other trends with Patrick Mahomes 7-0-1 uh, against the spread as an underdog and not being an underdog for the first time in, in 41 games at home. You, you've heard the narrative over and over again. Um, so with all that being said, it, it's hard for me not to realize, like, okay, this is where the Sharps are going to be on. And, yes, it got to three and came back towards the Kansas City side. But I think that just might have been a, a couple different Sharps trying to get a really good number on both sides. I know for those that are listening here, obviously we're in Kansas City, and so if you're a Chiefs fan and you're hearing that Mahomes is is an underdog for the first time at home and you're going to get three points, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are just going to say, out of principle, man, i got to take the Chiefs plus the three. He's going to get three points at home? Yeah, I, I don't blame him for doing so. And the way that I would kind of say if you're going to be taking the Chiefs side here is you might as well just take him on the money line. Even though Mahomes has covered, and if you bet on him as an underdog against the spread, you've never lost money on him. So I understand the, the want to go ahead and say, well, I can get three points if it's a Buffalo field goal. You know, I, at least my bet pushes. But the reality is, is that Buffalo, when they beat teams, they just destroy you, right? Their margin of victory last year was the best in the NFL by more than two and a half points against Dallas. This year, it's more than double the number two and number three team, which are, I believe, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers as far as margin of victory. Like, Buffalo is winning their games by more than 18 points per game. It's, it's flat-out insane. So if you're looking at it from that perspective and then also coming to the conclusion that, well, Buffalo over the last two years has actually struggled in single-possession games, one in seven in the last two years, you might as well take Kansas City if you think it's going to be a close game. Otherwise, go ahead and take Buffalo and, and take them with the better odds uh, with regards to getting them with the point spread as opposed to on the money line. We're talking to Ben Heisler from BetSided.com looking at this Chiefs and Bills game. And, and we can get to the bigger picture uh, change in odds, perhaps, depending on the result of this game. But I'm looking at that total. Uh, depending on where you're at, at least over at FanDuel, it's 53 and a half. We know what these two teams have done in the last two meetings, including that wild playoff game a year ago. That total, is that, is that still a number where you feel confident going over? If it's 53 and a half, I don't mind it. Once it gets past 54, then I'll probably consider going the other way. I, I don't love betting totals on, on Chiefs games and just because it's, you know the potential of where they can go in one of those games. And you know the last four matchups against Buffalo, the totals have been 54, 54 and a half, I think 55 and a half and 57. So it's kind of right below that sweet spot. But the difference is that you have two improved defenses from at least last year. So my, my inclination is still to take the under. But what I like to do, especially with really good offensive teams that are, are playing in a meaningful game, is I like to take the under live. So I expect both these teams to, to get points on their first possession. Mm -hmm. um, and consequently, Buffalo is one of those teams as well that has really done a good job of putting teams away in the second half. They, they've been covering second half spreads. Um, and I think about a 68% clip uh, over the last few seasons. So this kind of feels like to me is like where I'm probably staying away from the total pregame. But if both these teams score right away, perhaps you go ahead and get a much better number to take the under on. Or if it's relatively low scoring, you take Buffalo in the second half with the spread, knowing that that's what they've really done consistently all year long. We know coming into the season, the Bills preseason Super Bowl favorites, they're still Super Bowl favorites around plus 370 or so. The Chiefs have the second-best odds around plus 650. The result of this game on Sunday, how much do you think we'll see some movement? We were talking about this on our, our midday show here earlier today. Just if the Chiefs win, I don't know if it, is it a sure thing that the Chiefs suddenly are Super Bowl favorites, or do we just see it tighten up? I think you see it tighten up. Again, it, 
you're going to see more action come in on Kansas City. I, I don't necessarily think post-game is, is the right time to make that play. I, I think, if anything, you, you try to do it pre-game if you're convinced that the line is going to move and be ahead of the number as opposed to reacting to it. Um, but, yeah, if, if the Chiefs end up winning and, and winning convincingly at home as an underdog, then, yeah, you'll, you'll certainly see it move. It'll probably be relatively close. Uh, maybe the Chiefs come down to, to plus 450 or, or plus 500, uh, knowing that in the head-to-head matchup they, they took care of business. But um, if Buffalo wins, yeah, it, maybe it moves up just a tad. I don't think Kansas City really falls down uh, because it's just another aspect to the narrative of, okay, Kansas City lost in the regular season last year to Buffalo at home. You saw what happened in the playoff game. Mahomes uh, is able to go ahead and make miracles happen yet again. And, and, and the public buys into that perception. So I, I'd be shocked, Alex, if there's a massive move towards Kansas City. I expect a move if they win and certainly if they beat Buffalo handedly. But uh, then again, I also don't see that situation playing out as well. Talking to Ben Heisler from BetSided.com. All right, what about the, the, just the rest of the week six slate? Is there, is there a game? I know you'll probably have a write-up, if not already, over at BetSided. Another game that you really like? Yeah, I, I got two for you. One of them is, is a fairly straightforward pick, and the other uh, gets a little bit weird. So, so hear me out on this one, because I think it's a, it's a really interesting factoid that I think could be very, very profitable. So let's start with uh, a game that uh, not a lot of people are going to want to watch because it's two bad teams. The Indianapolis Colts right now, two, two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I took the Colts on Sunday at minus 115 on the money line. It's gone up a tad since then. I, I probably prefer the money line price to that of the spread. Um, Frank Reich, over the course of his career as the head coach in Indianapolis, for whatever reason, and I think the reason is that it's different quarterbacks every year, but weeks one through five, Alex, he's you know, hitting and winning games at around a 40% clip. But once week six rolls around, all of a sudden he starts winning at a 64% clip. That's kind of like that sweet spot where all of a sudden the offense starts to get things figured out. Jonathan Taylor last year had only run for about 500, you know, 300, 400 yards. Um, in the first five games, and all of a sudden he goes on a 1,500-yard tear the rest of the season. Um, they're going to start to get him back. They're going to get Shaquille Leonard back. Uh, we already saw the, uh, the emergence of what Stephon Gilmore can do against the Broncos last week. There's talent on this team. There's a reason that they were the consensus favorites to win the AFC South. You may not think that they're that good of a team, but they're better than Jacksonville. And I think especially knowing the stakes uh, coming in at home in a game that they absolutely have to win with uh, an extended rest, um, just the numbers and the trends historically with Frank Reich line up really well here. So I think they get the job done against Jacksonville, uh, an opportunity for, I think, the Colts to, to really start to solidify themselves, get to where they need to go. The other bet that I'd love this week in the NFL is a first-quarter bet. Um, it's not the, the, the game okay. that's going to be – it's not the game that everyone's going to have the, their eyes paid, uh, paid attention to between Buffalo and Kansas City. It starts 20 minutes before that. Uh, that's the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Not a great game, but Alex, if I were to ask you how many points the Arizona Cardinals have scored in the first quarter through five games of the NFL season, what would you say that number? Would I be? think I've seen the stat. It might it might be like three, if not zero. Uh, it is zero. They have scored zero points in the first quarter <laughs> in five games this year. Kyler Murray, the guy that just got all that money. Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive guru that works with Patrick Mahomes in college, they have zero points through five games in the first quarter. Their point differential is minus 38. They have a negative point differential in every quarter except the fourth where they're plus 40. So you go up against the Seattle team that, yeah, has been bad defensively over the last few weeks, but they've also had back-to-back games 
on the road. They're back home in Seattle where they've been much better defensively, and they also have the number two scoring offense in the first quarter. Alex, you can get the Seahawks right now at, at plus odds, plus 106 is where I seen it at FanDuel earlier today, uh, for Seattle in the first quarter money line against Arizona. I mean, until Arizona starts to score a point, right. let alone multiple <laughs> ones, to me, that's, that's a pure value play that's just smacking you right in the face this week. So uh, I'm going to be jumping on that one fairly early, probably going to be one of my heavier bets of the week. That, along with the Colts uh, on the money line price, uh, is one of my two favorites for this NFL Sunday. I like it. Great insight on, on the first quarter opportunity there with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seahawks. We're talking to Benny Heiss of betsided.com. All right, just a couple quicker ones here on the baseball front and then uh, college football as well. Looking at series pricing, looking at outright pricing right now, I know we, we had talked uh, even just in the Discord channel a little bit and also with one of your colleagues uh, as well about the Cleveland Guardians. They're down one game to none right now against the Yankees. Today's game, unfortunately, postponed. Series pricing, Cleveland plus 310, Yankees minus 410. Uh, is there still an opportunity where you think you can take you still feel good about taking Cleveland, or are you now down to just game by game in that series? So I, I'm invested in Cleveland from you know back in June, where I, I think I took them at 40 to one to win the AL pennant, 100 to one to win the World Series. Um, I, I buy into this team. The issue now is that with the rain delay, and we wrote about this, our, our Peter Dewey wrote about this over at Betsided today, is that with this game moving to Friday afternoon, it likely takes out the possibility that you can get Shane Bieber for game five. That's a big loss mm-hmm. for Cleveland. Now, they, they have plenty of, of quality starters. It's a very good pitching team, and again, the lineup is just going to be pesky and annoying, and they're not going to hit for power, but they strike out the least of, of any team in Major League Baseball this year. Um, but not being able to have Bieber um, in that final game five, uh, if they need him, is going to be a, a major loss. Uh, Nestor Gortz has been good this year. Cleveland had some issues against left-handed pitching. I, I think there's value because I just know that Cleveland is going to make a lot of these games close. Um, and then again, if you were able to steal one against Cortez and the Yankees on Friday, the, the series shifts back to Cleveland. Um, so I don't mind, you know, taking that price. It, it, what would you say? It was plus 310 um, yeah. for that final series. Yeah. I, 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 and again, the, the sports books don't buy into the Guardians because they won a terrible division and they didn't do it by much. But I, I think October baseball is perfectly suited for this type of team that doesn't make mistakes that pitches really well, that has swing and miss in their back of their bullpen. Um, and they're going to steal some bases and they're going to win in, in small ball aspects too. Like that's a recipe for success because it doesn't usually mean your offense is going to go cold for an extended period of time. So yeah, I, I do think there's value on Cleveland, uh, even as a big underdog in the series. We're talking to Ben Heisler from betsided.com. I'm sure you'll have a hum- home run prop or something for us in the, uh, the discord channel at some point uh, over the next couple of weeks. I know some people have appreciated Appreciated that. College football, though, this is a great weekend. And the, the one game that really has my attention is number five, Michigan, taking on number 10, Penn State. Michigan, six and a half point favorites. And that's the direction that I lean for this game, just knowing I, I still look at Penn State and I look at that offense. And I, I don't know if they can compete enough to make this a competitive game to cover the six and a half. I, I just think you know what Sean Clifford is. And you've seen it for a long time. And Penn State always tends to do this, right? Like gets off to these really nice starts and uh, then in the, in the moment and opportunity where they need to go ahead and, and take the next step, uh, the better teams in the Big Ten usually seem to run them over. Uh, Michigan and Indiana, I, I know that a lot of people weren't particularly impressed with, with that performance and as an Indiana fan, um, you know, it was just kind of like, <laughs> all right, here, here we go again. This is, you know, what they typically do. Uh, didn't end up covering for people. Indiana got the cover in that game. But I, 
Michigan can just beat you in so many different ways, and especially being this familiar with they are with Clifford and their ability to rush the passer. Um, you know, they, they're the, 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 the third best defense in college football in yards per play. Uh, McCarthy doesn't turn the ball over. I know he got intercepted uh, in that game against Indiana, but that was his first turnover over the course of the season. I, I just think Michigan can, can just sort of put their will on Penn State, and they also have the ability in the second half, being one of the better second-half teams, to keep running it down their throat to, to just wear out Penn State's defense. And, yes, they've looked really good, but um, Blake Horn's going to have a big game, I think. Yeah, again, it's, the game is at home. Michigan's coming off of two games on the road where they didn't look particularly good. I, I just don't buy it with Penn State right now. So the fact that even though it's moved a little bit lower from where it opened at eight, I, I don't mind the play on Michigan, especially uh, before the number gets to seven. I don't mind paying the extra juice on it, too. I, I would take Michigan minus six and a half. Locally, the game that people are kind of keyed in on, of course, uh, is Kansas at Oklahoma. The Jayhawks, depending on where you're getting it, maybe you got it at nine, eight and a half is, is kind of the consensus line at this point in time against an Oklahoma team that we all know uh, got absolutely embarrassed in a shutout loss to Texas last week. Yeah, a weird spot. College is weird. Like in the NFL, this would be to me, I think, the perfect opportunity to go ahead and back Oklahoma. But when you're a college program and now all of a sudden you lost a couple games in a row, including that type of one, now your season—I want to say it's over. But if you thought you were going to be a college football playoff contender, it's essentially over, right? So you have a situation now with Kansas. Jason Bean's familiar with the offense. Uh, Lance Leipold's guys continue to play extremely hard. Um, and they'll be focused in and motivated after you know, some of the bad calls uh, that, that took place last week. Um, I, I think you can get a, a, a nice number right now on, on Kansas, and I don't mind being able to get them at you know, plus nine. I think that's a reasonable number. I, Oklahoma will, will play a better game, sure. but what we've seen from them so far is not indicative of the traditional Oklahoma team that's going to just flat out destroy you and, and not having Dylan Gabriel uh, anywhere near 100% if he is able to play. Um, just, just strikes me as a spot where Kansas can hang around. And the fact that you can get them right now at more than a touchdown odds on the spread, I, I think it's a reasonable play to go ahead and take KU uh, as an underdog here. Yeah, that Oklahoma defense is absolutely atrocious. And, and we do know that Jason B, not only because what he did in the second half last week against TCU, uh, he still started nine games for this Jayhawk team. And as much as Jalen yep. Daniels deserves you know, so much credit, I think we're learning more and more that this coaching staff, this scheme uh, can, can make some quarterbacks look pretty damn good. So I'm with you. I like KU plus the nine against Oklahoma as well. Heist, really appreciate the insight, man, and uh, keep up the great work over at Betsided. Always a lot of fun talking about sports betting with you, Alex. Appreciate the time, man. You got it. Benny Heist joining us here on That Betting Show. Up next, it is time for the Goldilocks heading into the weekend. Just stay- all right, back here on that betting show, another goal line stand by the Washington Commanders defense. Fourth and goal for Justin Fields at the one stuffed. So still nothing, nothing in the second quarter. But it is that time. Just a few minutes left in the show. Let's get right into the Goldilocks heading into the weekend. We are 16-11 overall in college football. And, you know, I like Mountain West football. We'll start out there with Utah State minus 10 and a half at Colorado State. So Colorado State 131st in the country. 12 points per game on offense. They don't have much of an offense to this point in time of the season. And on the flip side, you take a look at their penalties too. 308 yards of penalties on 35 calls. That is 74th in the country. Utah State got back in tra- back on track with a win against Air Force. So I like Utah State on the road. 
minus 10 and a half. Let's go to the Big 12. I talked about KU in Oklahoma with Benny Heiss. I love KU plus nine on the road in Norman. Yes, Jason Bean, the backup quarterback, is starting for the injured Jalen Daniels, but he started nine games a season ago. He's got experience, looked great in the second half against TCU, and I think this scheme offensively is so good that they can still have a lot of success on offense, and I don't know how Oklahoma stops the run. Other allowing over 310 rushing yards per game in Big 12 play. Yes, the Sooners will play a lot better than a week ago. They're not going to get shut out again, but I think KU can cover the nine. Michigan, minus six and a half in a Big 10 showdown against Penn State. That offensive line for Penn State, awfully shaky. They're going to go up against Michigan. That's tied for third in the country with 22 sacks. Yeah, you got the challenge of seeing if Clifford can keep up with what Michigan is doing, but I don't think they can. While the Nitty Lions rushing defense should hold up for a little bit, I believe McCarthy will be able to have success through the air. This is a Penn State defense that ranks 100th in passing yards allowed. My final college game for the Goldie Lock, USC plus three and a half at Utah. I've liked USC all year. They made me money all year. They gave up 14 points in the second quarter last week to Wazoo. That was it for the rest of the game. I think Travis Dye, along with Kayla Williams, can have success. This is a Utah team against mobile quarterbacks. I keep hitting on that. When they play mobile quarterbacks, Florida in week one, USC, or, uh, excuse me, UCLA a week ago, now USC, I think they'll struggle against another mobile quarterback. Those are the college football Goldilocks. On to the NFL. Need to get back on track. Just 11-9 overall now after a rough go last week. Give me New England. Getting three and a half points. Taking on the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski, 33% of the time, he he's a, covers the spread as a favorite. Losing three of his last five outright. Cleveland very well may win, but I like New England to cover. I don't think Cleveland uh, overall can stop the Patriots rushing attack. Brown's given up 5.3 yards per carry, third most in the league. In Kansas City, I gave you some insight on this earlier in the show. Plus three against the Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes as a underdog at home for the first time in his NFL career. I want to see if the Bills defense can slow down the Chiefs. I understand they rank as a top five defense. They haven't seen the Chiefs offense, which is just as good statistically as they have been the last couple times they have faced off. How about Philadelphia? Minus six and a half against Dallas. The Cowboys, number three in scoring defense. Micah Parsons, an absolute freak. But I think this is the game where Cooper Rush is going to actually have to go and win a game for Dallas. I don't think he can do that against Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia to cover and win by more than a touchdown. And my last one, Minnesota, minus three and a half against the Dolphins. So Skylar Thompson, once again, getting the start. This time he'll have a week of prep. But that Miami defense has shown some holes as well. They're allowing 26.2 points per game. That's 29th in the NFL. They've given up eight touchdowns through the air and 276.8 yards of contest. That's 28th out of all teams. And those are my Goldilocks for the NFL and college football. Thanks for hanging out with us here on That Betting Show. We're live and local every Thursday night from 7 to 8 right here on 610 Sports Radio. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.